Episode 6 of the 501 Podcast coming at you. Seth Campbell, Andrew Epperson, we're ready to bring it. Or at least that's what we're going to say. We got up on the podcast, Arkansas versus LSU. The big thing that's happening this weekend, can they put 13K into Bomb Stadium, Andrew? I think if they're going to do it any series this year, this has got to be the one. We also got three years ago today, a possum ran onto the field at Alex Box Stadium. Brett really birthing the entire rally possum movement. And that was a blown game for Arkansas in a season where they blew a lot of games. And a whole franchise and program where they blown a lot of games. So we're going to talk about that. Commiserate a little bit because I think Razorback fans can commiserate with the best of them. Oh, sure. Allen Iverson, anniversary this week of the practice rant. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a few things maybe you should have practiced for. We don't ever practice for this. We just kind of come up here and start talking. Yeah, you should probably not tell people that, though. <laughs> people actually think we put in hard work into this. Hard which work we is a do. relative term. I mean, one of us does anyway. 50% of us put in hard work. That's right. Uh, we'll just let you decide which 50%. Dallas Keuchel still hasn't been picked up in, with by an MLB team. We're going to talk about players holding out. Andrew, would you ever hold out on me? Uh, depends on if money ever starts being involved in this, which it's not right now. So we don't really have anything to worry about. And then, of course, we have Wacky World. All of that in your calls. Oh, wait, no, just kidding. This is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny, Seth. I'm laughing so hard, man. Boo. (laughs) Anyway, you stink. That was a funny joke. All right, let's go back to the top, to the top. Arkansas versus LSU. The The big thing in town this week but Arkansas and Dave Van Horn surprisingly doesn't have a great record against LSU. Abysmal. 18. That's good for a 310 winning percentage against the Tigers. Guess how many wins he has against them in the postseason, which is SEC tournament and NCAA? Uh, it's got to be a pretty low number. Uh, yeah, go with one. He's one in nine record in postseason play. And get this an 0 in 10 record. They have not won in rubber matches against LSU. Ten times they've gone to a rubber match. They have lost all ten times. DVH only has two series wins against LSU, and they were sweeps in 2004 and 2011. Good years. So all those stats to say, Andrew, is this the year? Uh, This is the year just because of pomp and circumstance. Take a look at their pitching. Okay, they're not nearly as good as... You're going to be hearing a lot of pomp and circumstance come this weekend. You better believe it. He's graduating. I am graduating for the second time. Don't worry, I'm coming back. I'm just kidding. I'm done after this. Um, Yeah. He's coming back to work. He's he's done with school. Now I'm done. You know, now I got to go into the unfun world of adulthood. And it's not as fun as it seems. Yeah. Let me trust you. Seth, you. Seth is um, really, he's losing it behind the window over there. I mean, he, the skin on his face is falling off his bones. Anyway, back to LSU and Arkansas as we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the pitching, not as good as a lot of the SEC teams. And one of their better pitchers is going to be out for the third series in a row for him. So Arkansas's bats I think everybody in the state and the country at this point knows are very hot. Those bats are, are, I mean, uh, hot as a pistol. 
Uh, each player up and down the lineup can hit, and they can hit well. So it's one of those deals. You put that equation together, it'll be a series win for Arkansas. I think this, this everything lines up for this to be the series win against Arkansas. Mm. Your pitching isn't as good as it has been, in, but, but... Isaiah Campbell is nasty. He is, and you're hitting so well. Casey Martin's coming around. Heston Kerstad is doing well. He's not doing just all-star spectacular, but he's doing... All-star special. He's doing fantastic. Good enough. I don't want to say fantastic. He's He's doing his job. Dominic Fletcher seems to be doing better this year than last. So I believe that this is a great Arkansas team that will be able to pull off... I don't want to call it an upset, but do what they're supposed to do and win the series against LSU, which puts them in fantastic shape to win the SEC West. Yeah, this would not be an upset. (laughs) If Arkansas loses to anybody, it's an upset for the other team, unless we're talking about Vanderbilt. But at the same time, (laughs) it almost is an upset in Arkansas fans' minds because they almost have this perspective of, it's LSU. It, LSU could be the worst team in the league, and Arkansas would still have a mental block against them for some reason. Yeah, Arkansas needs to win this series, and I think if Arkansas loses this series, fans are going to be way more upset than they should be, which is just constantly uh, a deal with this fan base anyway. But, you know, I'm a part of that. I'd probably be one of the people who was on that train. So, so This just comes down to another point. You know, some people and coaches will say that you can learn a lot more from a loss than a win, mm. and a loss at the right time is better than winning at the, at a certain point in the season. Would this be, you know, an end of the world situation if Arkansas loses and all of a sudden, you know, you're not keep on winning series and maybe not and you have to fight to win the sec West. Could this refocus the team or does this team already look pretty focused? I mean, they look pretty focused right now. I mean, who knows what ends up happening? I don't like to say that like a loss will just inevitably end up being like this big seminal moment in a season. You know, I, sometimes t- teams just win. These are all like co- these are all Division One college athletes in the SEC playing for blue blood programs in the conference. Like sometimes you just lose to them. I mean, it just happens occasionally. So I don't think it's one of those deals where they need to learn something. They just. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, there's not like a, a turning point moment needed. They they turned the corner before the season even started, before last season. You know, this is just a continuation of that success. So they just need to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing is winning the SEC West one game back of Vanderbilt, which in all reality is two games back because Vanderbilt owns the tiebreaker yeah. over Arkansas. So the likelihood that they win the SEC is slim because Vanderbilt – has two extremely easy upcoming series. They go to Kentucky to end the, se- the season, and I yeah. believe South Carolina is their other one. Those <laughs> are the two bottom dwellers in the SEC East. That's weird to think about, South Carolina being a bottom dweller now. Yeah, they've been they've been traditionally a powerhouse that is yeah. for the past two or three years, has struggled. <sighs> which is, yeah, after winning back-to-back and almost back-to-back-to-back yeah, national titles. should have. Well, I think that, you know, this team... It's just, it's a different makeup, and I think that they have an opportunity here to leave their mark as not only a team that took care of business and was trying to get outside of that shadow of last year's team, mm. but I think they can do that and get outside of that shadow if they win this weekend. Oh, I think you're totally right, but I think, you know, they need to really stop, not think about the past. In the past two seasons, I mean, who cares if you beat LSU or not? You played in the College World Series championship. Like, I think LSU would have gladly traded places with Arkansas there, so... 
don't think about the past. It's a new season. It's new players. You know, it's it's about matchups. It's not necessarily about beating a school because the players switch in and switch out year in and year out. It's a different team. It's not about what color the jersey is. It's about who it is you're playing against. So take them in the present and beat them in the present. A lot easier said than done, though, if you're the Razorbacks. And True. one of yeah. the reasons why it has been a lot easier said than done is because of some of the voodoo that's been going on between the Razorbacks and the Tigers. And it just seems like the Razorbacks can't get a win. And one of those times was in 2016 when the Razorbacks were really struggling. Oh, man. The only time they haven't made an NCAA tournament under Dave Van Horn, but they had a 9-1 to lead over a top-ranked LSU team. They were in the top 16. They were going to host a regional that year. Yeah. And... Arkansas blew a nine to one lead thanks in part to a possum running out on a field and that gave birth to a rally possum. Arkansas blows the nine one lead and then, you know, the next year Arkansas has a, a Saturday win in the, in the bag. All they got to do is close out LSU in the ninth inning and Bernal, the shortstop, throws one. Michael oh. Bernal throws one over the first baseman's head. I forget. Now I remember all of this now. That was the next year. Yep. And then last year, the Razorbacks went down to Baton Rouge, won game one, couldn't win game two and three. So there's almost been a jinx on the Razorbacks since the rally possum. But even before the rally possum, as we were talking about, the Razorbacks under Dave Van Horn have only won two series. Yeah. So it's time. It's that lonely time in our lives where we get to commiserate, Andrew about being a hog fan. What was the worst blown game in Razorback history for you? For me personally, it was the Sugar Bowl. And whenever I say blown game, it's not like Arkansas had the lead, but Arkansas was getting demolished by halftime. Um, I mean, we you can hear Ohio State fans yelling, woo pig screwy and you know doing mock SEC chants and all this stuff. And then Arkansas comes out in the second half. I guess Bobby Petrino ripped him a new one in the locker room. You guess. Yeah, I'm almost positive. (laughs) They come back out, and they just start dominating. They come all the way back. They block a punt. Okay, Julian Horton could have very easily picked that ball up and gone into the end zone. I don't blame him for what transpired after. Scoop and score. Scoop and score is what it should have been. Instead, he fell on it, but I get it. I understand. We, we've we had <laughs> these discussions for many, many years since that game. And, you know, very shortly thereafter, Ryan Mallett drops back, throws in the middle of the field, and it gets picked off by a linebacker. Ohio State ends up winning that game. And then forfeiting later on, um, now, uh, now that I have changed my views on certain things, I don't think that they should have had to forfeit. But it's one of those deals where it's like, you know what? For me, it was my birthday. It was 2011. Arkansas blew that game. That one hurt. And I still, I go, I'll try to watch each game after they play it. I'll try to go back and watch it every single time just because I want to study what's happening and be able to know that is the one game that I have never gone back and looked at highlights. I've never gone back and watched it. I I can't. It still hurts. So that's the one for me. One that I have not seen. I saw on Twitter once and then any other tweet that had the video in it, I scrolled through was yep. last year at the College World Series, the drop foul ball. Oh, boy. Being there for thir- – I was there for 13 days covering it for the Arkansas Traveler, and just for it to cul- culminate like that, it really hurt. Oh, man. But besides the obvious one there, because we're talking about baseball and everything, there is another one that sticks out, and it's a 2010 game against Alabama, Arkansas football. Oh, man. I was there at that game as well, and Ryan Mallett throws the interception down the sideline in front oh. of the Alabama bench and in front of the Alabama fans. That one hurt, too. The loudest heart Donald W. Reynolds has ever been. Oh, boy, they packed that place. 
they were ready to beat Alabama that day, and they came out firing like they were ready to beat Alabama too. Just circumstance sometimes, man. Just stinks. It really does, and it just burns. And I think Razorback fans can commiserate with the best of them. You know, the Sternover is another one that really yeah. sticks out in people's minds, the 69 shootout. Yeah. Uh, so you have a ton of moments as a Razorback fan, but I want to go just a little bit deeper on this before we move on to happier times. This is why we did this one in the middle because, you know, you got to get it oh, in yeah. and then we can move on to happier what things. What about Reggie Fish's dropped uh, yeah, fumble yes. punt? Is that what you are going to say? Well, there is that one. I mean, Arkansas, I got another one where Arkansas – was winning 14 to nothing against LSU in 2011 at LSU. And if they won that game, <laughs> oh, man. they were going to the national championship. Alonzo Highsmith had the uh, defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Arkansas was up 14 nothing, and it was like, oh, my goodness, they're going to do it. And then they lost. And they got throttled. 41 to 17 lost. But <laughs> what what is the worst game that you have been at? Worst blown Razorback game that you have been at, Andrew? The Sugar Bowl, twenty eleven. Okay. That was the worst one. My I forgot. Dad got us tickets. Yeah, we. That was the game that we went to. I was sitting super high up. It's my birthday. It was my birthday. I'm just kidding. I'm not crying over here. I mean, just maybe a little bit, a little. Tears He's crying a little bit, eye. but it's okay. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, I still think about it uh, before I go to bed most nights, and I don't get any sleep. I have not slept in months because of it. That would be years, but anyway. Yeah. My. I, I've been, I saw the Arkansas versus Alabama one in person. I saw the drop foul ball in person. Oh, yeah, that one too. That one has to stick out. We were both there at that one. But also another one that sticks out is the Mississippi State versus Arkansas football game when Arkansas was playing Dak Prescott. Oh, it was, I was there at that one too. It was cold as you know what. Oh. And I think, I think... They were ranked number one in the country. Allen, no, that was the next year. So they weren't ranked number one, but they were ranked high. Oh, are you talking about the Cole Headland miss kick at the end of the game? Blocked kick, but yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, the year before when Arkansas was at Mississippi State, I wasn't at that game, but you know, Mississippi State was number one. They came close that to was the I went to, I've been to, I was at that game as well, and that was another blown game because Arkansas was, had them shut out at halftime, <laughs> and then they came back and won. But <laughs> Cole Headland's blown, you want to call it a blown kick, but it's also the kick coverage, the the kick that kickoff team why well, field goal teams co- yeah. coverage because they couldn't block they couldn't block yeah on the a right simple side of the 20, line the right it was side a 27 29 yard field goal yep just uh that was another one that sticks out all right i'm tired of commiserating because it happens a lot no it was fun seeing Bielema cry after that game though because he cried after that game well he cried a lot he sure did he thought that was the way to win Arkansans hearts and it was for a while it it, it helped for a while but all right so we're moving on <laughs> You know what uh, would have helped Bielema's teams, Andrew? Uh, recruits. I'd, and? Um, talent. And? Wins. All those would help. And practice. Ah. We're talking about practice. We're talking about the game. Uh, we're not talking about the game. We're talking about practice. Uh, that's just that's just what we need to do. Well, it is <laughs> the anniversary of this this week of the Allen Iverson practice rant. So, Iconic. Andrew, I'm going to pose the question to you. What, and I mean, what do you wish you would have practiced more? But you <sighs> thought you didn't need to practice more. 
and then it kind of came to an utter fail. So this is probably the most random thing of my entire life. I had to, um, or was asked to, I guess I could have said no, but I, you know, I was at UATV at this time. I was asked to host a Panamanian event put on by like that student group where they had, um, uh, a big business guy from Panama come and speak to everybody and all this stuff. And so I had to host this thing in front of hundreds of students, you know, go up in the front of the classroom, like with the mic and introduce everybody and, you know, uh, bring out the dancers and like do all this stuff. And uh, I didn't practice this guy's name. It's Jaime Figueroa. That's his name. It's I will always remember you. it now, Jaime Figueroa. And so <laughs> I had gotten it correct like a couple times at the beginning, but at the very end of the thing, at the very end of the thing, I realized in mid-sentence as I was like going to send him off and, you know, say, oh, thank you, Jaime Figueroa for being here and stuff. I realized halfway through the sentence that I had forgotten this man's name. And I realized, you know, I, I was like scrambling to like look for like a card or anything that might have his name. And so I ended up calling him Jamie Figueroa at the end of this thing, which was not his name. And I could see that he was just, he like sat there with this really sad, soft smile, like looking at me like, okay, well, this dumb American just messed around and messed up my name, even though I'm getting, you know, paid to be here and speak. You know, the kids here are not even going to remember my name because this piece of garbage just messed it up at the end. So that's one thing that I do wish. And I this is one of those that I also still think about. I wish that I would have called him Jaime Figueroa, uh, Jaime Figueroa instead of Jamie Figueroa. Figueroa. Mine kind of goes the same thing. Practicing names. I had a lot of those on UATV that you just don't practice. <laughs> nope. you get on the air and you go, I'm pretty good at this. And oh, yeah. you're not when the word, when the red light is on and the words are scrolling across the screen. Also drums. I thought I could do, we had to practice. We were supposed to practice a hundred minutes every week mm. on our instrument back in, that was been elementary school. Fifth and sixth grade is when I played the drums. I was uh -huh. actually, it was actually called percussion because we oh, didn't yeah. just play the drums. You were percussion. But I didn't practice. I kind of lied about my hours. Um, I mean, Oops. I would sit upstairs and bang on the drum, but was I really practicing? No, nah. I was just trying to get my hours in so that your parents could sign off and you could show your instructor that you practiced your hours, which mm -hmm. when I look back at it now, they couldn't have done anything to us if we didn't practice. Like, so I don't know why I had to lie about it, but you know, back then it seems like an important thing that you don't want to disappoint people. Oh, yeah. Now I disappoint people all the time. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> uh, but they thought that I should do some kind of, we had like a test, a quote unquote test and I didn't, and this was actually on the xylophone and I, I didn't practice uh -huh. and uh, she asked us to play one song, which I knew. So I did it and then she asked us to play another one. I just had to look at our band instructor and go, I don't know that <laughs> everybody else in the class did it. And I just sat there. Your face was blood red. You're sitting there yeah, like, like back in fifth or sixth grade. And she's like, well, you need to know this if you're going to move on to seventh grade band. And I said, I'm not going to move on. I to guess seventh I won't grade be moving band. on to seventh grade band. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of that and ended up that that band director actually left and went right across the street to our rivals. It's because of you, Seth. It was all because of me. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> they realized that they were never going to be able to get anything out of students if they couldn't get it out of you, Seth. I mean, that's true. 
I never practiced. I should have listened to Allen Iverson. That's of course, right. he if I he didn't you listen to him. Either. You did exactly what you needed it's to so, do. So I mean, all that mattered was the big recital, baby. That's all that mattered. We're not. We don't care about this other stuff. Granted, you got to the big moment and screwed it up, but he didn't. He got in the big moment. He was fine. Hey, I knew what he was doing. Seth on the percussion instruments, maybe not. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on now and let's talk about a former Razorback, Dallas Keuchel. In the MLB, and he is currently not on a team. This is a former Cy Young Award winner. Yeah. He had a he was just over five hundred in his record last year. He pitched two years ago and was a key cog in the Astros rotation that won them the World Series. Yep. And this man is unemployed. So Andrew, he he said, and uh, Kyle said, "quote I told him his agent Scott Boris no on numerous deals because it's about principle." Keuchel's said it's about fair market value and I wasn't getting that. Keigel doesn't believe he's getting paid enough or well enough for what he is worth. Hmm. So do you like players holding out to get paid what they believe is fair? We saw this in the NFL with Le'Veon Bell holding out for an entire season. He lost all of the money that he was guaranteed and held out. Now he's with the Jets. Yeah. So do you like this trend of players holding out because they believe that they're worth a certain amount of money and they're not getting it? I think it's fair for them to do that. I think that's fine. I think it's just one of those deals where it's like you have to know, especially, uh, you know, as an athlete, your time that's on the field or court or, you know, wherever it is you're playing your sport, the time is limited. You only have a short window in which to to make as much money as you possibly can. So if you're like a Le'Veon Bell and you're having the most yards from from scrimmage in the entire NFL, you know – of course, you know, hold out, do what you want to do. Now, the way that it ended up transpiring in the end kind of spiraled, you know, spiraled a little bit more than I thought that it should have. But in Dallas Keuchel's case, he's just going to be sorely disappointed because just pitching is changing. The way that MLB pitching is just changing. Starting pitchers are not what they were before because now starting pitchers are being asked to go like four innings in some cases, maybe even fewer. I mean, that's what ended up really helping the Red Sox, and the Red Sox were just following a trend but doing it better than anybody else with the guys like Joe Kelly, now a Dodger. But that's why you have a guy like Joe Kelly. He's essentially a starting pitcher, but you're playing him in the middle of a game. He's going out there for maybe four or five innings, and that's that. And so why would you pay him more? You have other pitchers that you have to to pay now, not just the starter. They're not going out there with an expected seven or eight innings now. It's like... Keep him in there if he's doing good. If he's not doing good, why would we keep him in there? We have so many other pitchers that we can throw out there that can match that. So he's not going to get his money. He just won't. But what you said about you want to make the most money that you possibly can while you're playing, I understand that. But does that come into effect of if you're not playing, then you're making no money. So would you rather him take some money, what he believes is below his market value, but it's still a lot of money or a, enough money, a lot of money to you and me, for mm. sure. Or is it okay that he's just saying no? Well, if he believes that he can get a bigger a bigger deal, if Scott Boris is telling him that there are some other people who are wanting to talk to him about giving him some more money potentially, and he's turning people down, he's thinking, okay, well, I have some suitors here. By having suitors, I have options. And by having options, I can take the best option that's for me, money-wise and situation-wise. So... You know, in essence, why why would you take the lower deal if you know that there or, or believe that there's a, a bigger deal that's coming? But you have to believe that, and do you? Because right now, nobody's coming. I don't believe that. You don't believe that. But we also don't have the ego of a major league pitcher who won a Cy Young award, and you know, he, uh, there's a reason why he believes that he should be paid this way. 
because he still is not he's not too old to play. He's can he can still pitch. If he goes in a situation, he'll be an ace somewhere if he wants to be, or at least a really good number two. So there's a reason why he believes the way that he does, and I get it. It's just unfortunate. It's different. The Le'Veon Bell situation is different than Dallas Keuchel's because the running back, the running back position in the NFL, their workload and stuff, they are just totally undervalued. You know, they should be getting paid more than some of these other people because of their workload, because of how much they're getting hit, because of some of this other stuff. You got to try to take care of yourself. In Dallas Keuchel's situation. Pitching has just changed. Like uh, it's just a different deal that's happening now. His importance, of course, he's super important for what he did with the Astros and how good he is at baseball. But it's just the pitching as pitching as a value has changed, and so that's just there's a difference between the two. And unfortunately, I think Le'Veon's going to make out like a bandit, while you know Dallas Keuchel is making nothing right now. I don't agree with you or disagree with you enough to say and dis and disprove your argument. I actually agree with what you're saying. So it doesn't make for good radio or <laughs> podcasting. I mean, it's, that's just an honest thing. I don't know how anybody could disagree with that. That's just like what, that's the reality of the situation. It really is. And I think that it's sad that the way the baseball is going, that these guys and older guys and just in general are not going to be paid as more, but well, it's the yeah. way that the game is moving in. If you don't change with it, you'll be left behind and you'll be a program that ends up at the bottom of your division. Yep. So guys are just going to have to adjust with their programs, with their clubs. If they don't, then they'll be left behind. And Keiko very well could be left behind, although I see somebody picking him up yeah. midway point. There is a clause for those of you that don't know. There's a clause in his contract that when he didn't re-sign with the Astros, anybody that picks him up has to give up a draft pick. They have to. Oof. Until... The trade, the unrestricted trade comes up when mm-hmm. towards the middle of the season, and then once that happens, people don't have to give up a tra- uh, a draft pick anymore to pick Keuchel up. So mm. that's something to watch out for. He may be picked up in the middle of the season. And a team like New York, the Yankees, they've had a few starters oh. go down with injuries, and so they could see a former Razorback going to the Yankees. I could see that. That would be a really good pickup for them. I think that that would be a very nice thing for them because you know once you hit the postseason. You know, we may be looking at the Red Sox right now and laughing at maybe how things have transpired this season, but you just wait till the playoffs. They'll be fine. All right, Andrew. It's that time of the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's Wacky World Time. Hey, I think we called it the right thing this time. I don't wacky even know world. what the right name is anymore. Wacky World. That's <laughs> the right name. It's the wide, wacky world of... Wednesday sports sports. I was gonna say uh, that was bad. We should just delete that. The wild, wacky world of 501 podcast. All right, I ask you this every week, Andrew. You've seen the show notes. Mm. You have read this name before. Yes, Andrew. Where in the wide, wacky world of sports? Are we going this week? I am going to say some obscure town in Michigan. That's my final answer. Boop, I just dinged it in. You have it now. Uh, that's actually the name of the town, too. So Wrong. We're going to Lawrence, Kansas. Oh. Home of the Kansas Jayhawks. And a pretty funny police department Twitter, the Lawrence Police Department. If you don't follow them on Twitter... 
uh, first follow me at Seth Campbell five. <laughs> I thought you were E five, the producer guy. No, at Seth Campbell five, <laughs> and then that's at Epper Sports, and then you can follow the Lawrence Police Department. Uh-huh. But they're a good follow on Twitter. They uh, are Twitter verified, and Ooh. they said, and I quote, "Please don't shoot at tornadoes." There was a tweet that said they put out earlier that said that there was a watch in the area, a tornado watch, and uh-huh. they said some people will take this as it's time to go outside and sit on your porch and look sure. at the tornadoes. It's going to hit. Drink, it's going to hit. While others will take safety precautions. He said, be the ladder and take safety precautions. Somebody felt the need to tweet back at them and say, shoot, I'll grab a drink of whiskey and my shotgun. To which they, they had to reply, please don't shoot at tornadoes. Is that something you ever thought you'd have to say, Andrew? No, but, you know, we're in uh, Kansas is really where I did not expect that to happen. But, you know, maybe in the more southern part of the south, I would have thought it was going to happen. Arkansas? Like Arkansas. But you know what? If you want to send a bullet flying up there and see where it ends up, I mean, who knows? We got to do an honorable mention as well for today's podcast. Honorable mention to Southland the Southland Conference Hitter of the Year in Softball. She plays at Stephen F. Austin. Okay. All right. Where's Stephen F. Austin located, Andrew? Texas. City. Austin. I mean, I applaud the effort, but no. Stephen? <laughs> Is it an F, Texas? <laughs> All right. And try Nagadoches. Oh. Not correct at all. Our music. You're being out. braggadocious for being able to say that word on air. That's why he wanted to bring this Nagadocious, up. Nagadocious, Texas. Nagadocious is where Stephen F. Austin is, and their Southland Conference hitter of the year. Her name is Nagadocious. <laughs> Margarita Corona. What is it really? Margarita Corona is your Southland <laughs> Conference. Southland Conference Hitter of the Year. Are we taking bets on what her middle name is? Is it Modelo? I think it's Evan Williams, all one word. Let's see, Evan Williams isn't Hispanic. You know, you got a margarita and a Corona. That's right. So we need something Hispanic. I brought this up on the Ruskin and Zach show, and they said, Zach said, well, her last name should be a court. I was like, well, her last name's Corona. He said, yeah, but it should have a court after it, and you could know what happened. In that order. Margarita, Corona, Accord, and voila. That's actually pretty smart. I would I would not have thought of that. I think Evan Williams is Hispanic in a way because people who are in Hispanic countries, they also drink Evan Williams sometimes, I believe. So. Sometimes, I believe. He puts eight qualifiers in there to make sure that he can... <laughs> his statement is true. Sometimes, I believe that people have thought... They, they could fly, Maybe fly at one point in time. They might have said or thought those things, but you can, one can never People tell. People may have at one time said words in this order that could be construed that she lives in Nagadoches, Texas. That's true. I, You're right. You're right about that. Ever the, Maybe. Poli- ever the right. politician, Andrew Epperson. <laughs> Well, that's all we have for the wacky, wacky world this week. So we, uh, we thank you for listening. Always a whirl. Always a whirl. So we're going to switch on over to our outro music, but it's been a pleasant 30 minutes. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to us. It helps us a lot. 
And we did start, we actually started a GoFundMe page. We did. We joked about it last week. We actually started one. It's called 501 Sports Show or 501 Podcast. I yes. can't remember which, but you can check us out there. Our goal is $1. Yeah. And I do not have any to donate. So it's kind of one of those deals where we're depending on you guys and gals to step up to the plate, donate a few pennies, and by the by the time this is over with... We might have 25 cents. We might have 25 cents. And that's 25 cents more than we're making off this show right now. So. It's true. Or if you want to advertise. If you made it this far in the podcast, you might want to advertise. Mm. We will mention your name. We will be total sellouts. We will mention your name. Oh, speaking of that, Seth, I've, I forgot that I need to read our first advertisers. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, hit us up, Andrew. This is from uh, Jeff Bazas. Jeff Bazas uh, at Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we sell stuff online, and they're really great products. Buy from me. Jeff Bazas. Thank you again for donating uh, $2 million to our podcast. It means a lot. So we'll, we'll continue doing this every single uh, podcast for you. Wasn't that great? <sighs> That's what you can expect, folks. There's just... There's just so many things wrong with this podcast. <laughs> I just I just don't know what to say. All right, well, we just we need to wrap this up before this goes on anymore. Yep. So sorry for the free promotion for Amazon. I don't know where that came from, but well, Jeff gave us a lot of money to do it. Uh, I wish. All right, Andrew. Let's wrap it up. Tell them where you're from. Sherwood, Arkansas. And we're just some 501 boys having fun and talking sports. For Andrew Epperson, I'm Seth Campbell. Signing off for now. Make sure to share us with your friends. We'll see you next week.